Welcome to Challenge Accepted. I'm your host, Stephanie Lucas, a marriage and family therapist by trade and mom to a daughter with hearing loss. I'm creating a space for parents and caregivers of special needs families to find support, validation, and acceptance by sharing stories of a broad range of families with unique challenges. While this isn't therapy and does not replace the advice of a medical provider, we'll dive into the tougher parts of parenting together and join a team of support from others who get it. This next half hour is about you, your experiences, your emotions, and being allowed to take up space as a parent and human being. So hands in, ears on, hearts open team, this is Challenge Accepted. Minisode 8, Surviving. In October 2019, when Riley was six months old, we officially enrolled in a research study through the State Children's Hospital and received her first hearing device, a bone-anchored hearing aid, or Baja. I'll get to the details of that in my next minisode, but I want to pause and take a moment to reflect on where we were as a family. As a family systems therapist, I understand and put emphasis on the interconnected relationship between our lives, context, and outcomes. Each impacts the other, and it's so important to have the entire perspective when addressing issues, particularly with children. I'll be sharing some of the less than pretty parts of our lives, but I know it's so important. I know there are other parents and partners out there who are in a less than pretty season. I want you to know that you're not alone. Even therapists with podcasts who maybe look like they have some semblance of having it together have ugly, hard moments. Here we go. At this time in our life, Riley's older sister Addie was almost four and had begun waking in the night four or five times a night to be exact. There were two or three nights during this season where there wasn't more than 45 minutes between one or both of our children being awake. We were purely and simply exhausted to our core. We were also in the early stages of weaning. I classically struggled with low supply and with the additional stress of returning to work that month and the bi-weekly trips over the mountain for Riley's research appointments, didn't feel like I could handle the emotional toll of trying to keep up my supply. I had a pretty traumatic experience when my supply had dried up the first time, and I wanted this time to feel more like a choice. Whether it was the hormone changes, lack of sleep, or stress from Riley's medical appointments, I went into a season of postpartum depression. This showed up in rage when my children felt unmanageable. Feelings of dread for bedtime, sadness, hopelessness, and a desire to, quote, not go to bed so I don't have to wake up, as I described it to my therapist. I knew that waking up would be a constant reminder of the absolutely insane amount of sleep we had lost, physically painful, and potentially result in more frustration and resentment. My husband also struggled during this time. He began sleeping on the couch so that we could divide and conquer with the kids at night and risk waking each other up less. Slowly, though, I realized that he was sitting up waiting for the baby to wake up, unable to sleep because he was afraid to miss her crying. He would escalate in frustration whenever she was struggling to go down and struggle to share the duties of caring for our kids, an issue I know most moms can't fathom. As a therapist and mom, though, I knew that this was a lack of awareness of his own limits and that his anxiety was pushing him past his healthy boundaries. This culminated in an incident where he had fallen asleep trying to help Riley nap during the day and did not show up to pick up our oldest at school. He had his first panic attack, and I knew we needed help. Layered over all of this, though, was a marriage in trouble. 
we had zero energy for each other, which was completely understandable, but also so, so lonely. Every night we would stumble out of the kids' rooms at 9 or 10 o'clock, raw with emotion off of the hardest part of the day, and sometimes, sometimes, we would sit together in silence and watch a half an hour of television. Sometimes the silence between us during that time was so painful, so loud, that I couldn't bear it and would just go to bed. Our patience was thin with ourselves and each other, and in the cascade of loneliness that accompanies being the parent of a child with a disability, we couldn't find each other. I would sit there and ache with thoughts. Does he have no idea how hard this is for me? Does he not even care what I'm going through? Does he even understand what I'm thinking and feeling about all of these different things that are happening at once? Does he even have feelings about it? And why won't he share them with me? My husband is a great guy, but communicating about feelings is not his strong suit. And he basically operates under the philosophy that if someone isn't telling him directly that they need help, he should not ask. Which, on the other side of the coin, can be extremely invalidating when you know he knows that you went to bed crying. Again. Now I'll take accountability that my family norm is that other people should know what you're feeling at all times and be trying to accommodate you without you having to say anything. So it was kind of a perfect storm of family norms in that moment. There was also some resentment around Riley's hearing aid that I hadn't voiced. I felt like I was the only one trying to have her wear it, the only one who knew how it worked, or researched different things related to it, and I felt like he was in denial about her disability. I found myself thinking, seriously, all of this other shit going on and this has to be bad too? One more thing that has to be hard. I understood how in a world that feels out of control, marriages end up in deep trouble. You feel like your spouse is the one thing that maybe you can tell to get their shit together and they might listen. One area where you might actually be able to influence the outcome. Therapist note, this isn't an accurate assumption. It tends to create an attacking dynamic when you need to be able to lean on each other the most. So I took a look around and said, something has to change. We both went to the doctor and got antidepressants. I was already seeing a therapist weekly, and I asked him to start seeing a counselor as well. I moved our four-year-old into our room to sleep, started giving her melatonin to reduce the huge nightly bedtime tantrums, and tried to take turns giving each other a break from baby duty at night. I turned away a few clients that I had said I would take back, who I knew might take more energy than I could muster at the time, and I closed my door to all new clients, earning the bare minimum to pay the bills. We tried out a couple's counselor. I tapped in friends and family to help with the drives over the mountain for Riley's appointments and childcare for Addie when she couldn't come along. We stayed at the Ronald McDonald house when eight hours of driving was too much in one day. We leaned hard into Halloween and Dobby the house elf from Harry Potter brought us gifts and treats every morning of October in an attempt to help Addie with her fears and wakings. Side note, this did not work. Second side note, We still do this, and it's a blast. We booked a trip to Vegas, just the two of us. I was going to sit by the pool and read. He was going to go work the NFL draft, and we'd reunite at the end of the night for a night on the town and then 12 straight hours of sleep. It was all set for April 2020. Womp womp.
we stumbled through Thanksgiving and Christmas, family visits and birthdays, all the while making weekly trips for blood draws, sometimes to our local hospital, sometimes four hours away over the mountain. Not everything turned around. I gained 13 pounds in three months. The marriage counselor didn't stick. But I did do something serendipitously one day that shifted the dynamic in our marriage ever so slightly back towards each other. Flipping through streaming platforms in our nightly ritual of picking something neither of us particularly cared about watching, I said, what the hell, and picked out a good, classic, guilty pleasure show that my younger days I had enjoyed. Survivor. Our friends laugh at us because my husband seems to find a way to make a Survivor reference every time we see them. Yes, there's debate as to when this started, but at least a year later, we are still watching Survivor every night. Do you know how many seasons there are of that show? It was just the right combination of social intrigue for my psychological mind, strategic-mindedness, and competition for my husband to wake us up just enough to have something that wasn't our kids, or work, or how damn tired we were to talk about. Amidst all of life being too much, it took us to our own little island, where we could remember that we liked each other, and that talking didn't take all that much energy when there was something fun to talk about. When I reflect on that season, it feels like a heavy time. I had in a looming pandemic, and recovery wasn't easy. I think about my therapist saying to me, it won't last forever. It was a promise that I clung to, that I still cling to, the promise that through all of this, we will thrive again. I have learned patience, humility, compassion, and how to put some things down and pick others up. A lot of my own defense mechanisms and where to find the grit that I didn't know I had I learned that all the little changes add up and matter in the end. There's no magic formula to finding your way out. It's tiny steps in a million directions, self-reflection, and a lot of bravery. If you're hearing this and you visited a place this dark or darker, I want you to know that I get it. Keep going. It won't last forever. And you will survive. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope it was inspiring and encouraging for you in your journey. If you enjoyed it, I love it if you could share it with your friend, subscribe for future content, and leave us a five-star review. This will help us grow our reach so others can join our community of support. If you would like to share your unique story with the Challenge Accepted community, feel free to reach out to me on social media, Stephanie Lucas MFT, on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for being a part of our team.